Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork, and today we're going to be talking about navigating life's wins and losses. I'm delighted to welcome special guest, James Hepner. James is a speaker, blogger, results coach, podcast host, and the founder and creator of Weekly Wins and Losses. You can reach James at his website, jameshepner.com, and I'll include a link in the show notes. Welcome, James. I'm so glad that you could join with me today. Linda, thank you for having me. This will be fun. I am delighted. I'm looking forward to learning from you today. Hearing you were this uh, this amazing, driven entrepreneur, and at age 24, you started your own business, and you were working your tail off, and you said things were working really well until they weren't. So I'm really interested to hear your story and what exactly that means. <laughs> you know, when you say this amazing human, you know, yeah, no, I'm just a human. <laughs> and uh, so... Good things in my life. Let's start with good things. Uh, look, look for the good. What's the saving grace? Sometimes we meet these people and they're like feminine. <laughs> so I met my little Meg. And so before 24, I met her at uh, 20. Something that led me uh, through the times that worked until that no, no longer worked. Let's say it this way. My relationship has always worked. And so have we gone through struggle? Sure. Well, let's just say it this way. Um, the first season of my life, though... I was committed to our relationship. I also had these deep commitments to financial abundance, which no problem. But let's just say it this way. If you build into the objectification of it, then all of a sudden when the objects stop flowing in and you can't purchase all the things, you begin to wonder, so where where am I needed? Now, she didn't have need of many things. She doesn't. She's, she's easily pleased and she just likes me being present with her. But of course, you know, if I'm not upgrading. I, you know, I built a few new houses already, but if I can't go from a four, eight bedroom house to 16 bedroom house, and there's a problem apparently. So what didn't work is I wasn't able to double and triple and quadruple and all these things. Right. So I thought, well, what, what is there here? If I can't bring all of what I thought I needed to bring. And so listeners, you might be tapping into a bit of a story on your own. And that is when things change pace, what do you do? Where's the storm? Is a storm out there or is a storm in you? Often you'll observe somebody will go grocery shopping, for example, and you'll see a little child have a temper tantrum. And you'll see the response of the mom, and you'll see the response of somebody observing, maybe an older person observing, and they're having the exact same experience, but both showing a very different result. The parent, sometimes, not always, but sometimes, is like, oh, this is horrible. Stop doing that, Johnny. Stop being upset. Where the grandparent looks at it and says, I remember that time. I remember when I was a parent and I took that all seriously. And I realized my kids, they ended up being okay. And actually, you know what? To cry sometimes and be upset. I didn't get Cocoa Pops. It's normal. And so instead of being like, don't cry, Johnny, getting down on the floor with Johnny, sitting down or just on the knee and saying, hey, Johnny, would you like to cry outside in the car? Or would you like to cry in the bathroom? So making safe emotions instead of trying to shield herself from emotions. So the first part of my life, I didn't really laugh much. I didn't really cry much. My wife laughed a lot. It made me intimidated. Honestly, I liked that part of her. That's why, that's what part of the reason why I found her. I loved her. But, you know, emotion seems like in this world, this Western world, particularly men drive towards outer expression. We want outer things. Apparently society's trained us that way. We bought it. They didn't force us, we bought it. And the woman develops the inner world a little more. However, think about it like this. Talk to your woman friends, whoever is listening, and ask them how comfortable and how okay would they be 
if with their women friends, they couldn't touch them the other time, tap them on the shoulder. They couldn't have a little tear with them. If they couldn't have a little laugh with them, ask yourself, would that woman that you're talking to, would that woman feel connected? No. And apparently, yes, men are supposed to feel connected. It doesn't work like this. We all have emotions. So when it didn't work anymore, and I checked out of life, successfully found a way to sleep 18 and a half hours a day for two and a half years. Whoa. That's checking out. Okay. I didn't want to die, but I didn't want to be here. How do you do it? You take melatonin, you take a bunch of gravel, you find a way to sleep. Saying to my wife, I'm going to the office, finding a dirt road someplace, finding the backseat of the car, and blanket, and sleeping. Something wasn't working. What's oh. not working? Okay. Okay. What's not working, right? And so a few things not working. Not making safe emotions. When things happen, what's the problem? Why is it not safe to feel sad? Why is it not safe to feel that when the market changes and your business is going to have to restructure, why is that not safe? And so to answer that little thought you had, it no longer worked. And you know what? I checked out a life for two and a half years to try to think my way out of it until one day I realized how does not everything belong? The reality is this happened. The reality is life is happening. Life is going on. Life is going by if I'm not careful. Two and a half years, not seeing family really ever, not seeing friends ever, not coming out of the bedroom ever. So here's the thing. We all have something in life called, what does this mean? Is it good or is it bad? Is it right or is it wrong? Who doesn't do this? Yeah. You like to choose. You want to throw yourself straight into a hellish existence? Choose. The world looks at it. In the lens of and through the lens of, is this a win or is it a loss? Good or bad? How many times in life don't people say, oh, no, I just want to win? <laughs> so on the other side of the journey now, I can laugh and cry. I, if I don't cry and laugh once a day, like deep belly laugh and have like a meaningful, like I feel sorry for, I feel sorry for what I'm, what's going on in the world or whatever. If I don't have like a, a connected experience with the world, then why am I here? Wow. So my journey taught me. To open up to the dimension, the safety of all of what life is. And, you know, honestly, and to tie, tie this all together, the man wants to, just like the female gets to experience your inner world, the man wants to learn how to do this too. It's not in spite of masculinity, but because of masculinity. Okay. So I'm going to go back and see if I can decipher everything as you're describing your journey in pieces of, of, of a whole that. In general, there are some difference between men and women and what is culturally or trained or whatever acceptable that we as women have a tendency to be, to look in and to be able to, we're allowed to express our emotions. We are allowed to be connected. And you felt that as, as a man, that that was not an option that you are supposed to hold and carry everything inside. And another part of this, uh, this, this storm that is brewing is the, the, the winds, as you talked about, and the losses, and looking for that external win. And it sounds like, to me, what you were expecting is an exponential growth that maintained itself. And if it wasn't doing that, then you're a failure things aren't working and you're having this loss. And it's, I'm assuming that those two things kind of happen together where the business that you worked so hard in wasn't continuing with that growth and you're feeling all kinds of things 
that you don't feel like you're allowed to feel, you're not allowed to express, you're not allowed to anything. And so the solution is, I'm going to check out. And there's a lot of different ways that people check out. And, and yours actually is new to me as I've talked to lots of different people and that's, I'm going to escape and I'm going to sleep. And, and so you're in that place. How did you go from there to not there? What was that transition? What was there a wake up? Was there a something where you said, you know what, the way that I'm handling this situation is not sustainable and it's not helping me. So was there an aha moment or, or how did you get to where, you know what, I need to change. And then how did you change? Let's just say it this way. We all have need of variety. And sometimes what we want most is not to be comfortable. Sometimes having support in our life is the very thing that keeps us trapped. Comforts keep us, and we know, right? Comforts often, they just put us to sleep. And I have a very, so this is going back to my wife. I have a very loving, compassionately playful human being as a wife. Like she's, she's just wonderful. I, I love her. Like I, I've been with her for 27 years. I just love her. Okay. So she's a sweetheart in my life. And so I'm going through these troubles and in her world. And, you know, she spins her world kind of around me. I don't want to go out. She doesn't go out. <laughs> we had, uh, we had uh, two boys at this time, at the time. Uh, Rowan was four and Harrison had turned two. Harrison was diagnosed with high-functioning autism. That was part of me checking out because I'm like, I feel like there's something going on inside of me, meaning I've never been diagnosed, nor do I think I have autism. However, my brain's always gone a million miles a minute. And so sometimes it's difficult for me to... And so who you see here today, I have designed this. I mean, Grace came along for the journey. That's for sure. Okay. But what who who you see... Is kind of I've I've done some pretty intense work learning how to communicate and whatever else. However, aside from me, I'll never forget there was a moment. So that catalyst moment, we're all wondering what happened. Like, what was the thing? Like, and who doesn't want to know where's the switch when the suffering has gone too too much? What's the switch? People go, perhaps that's going to be my switch. What I've realized is everybody has their own switch. I Meaning everybody hits threshold. And I think sometimes what happens is we. Uh, we fear threshold, and, and sometimes when we love people, then we support them away from the thing that they fear, which is the threshold. <laughs> so, you know, we uh, and my wife, loving, she was with me and didn't go out as much. And, you know, we had uh, friends and care group and family, and she went out the odd time, but very infrequent. And one day, and this is the catalyst moment, the one the one moment, so you just brought me to the realization of this all over again. The one day, I'll never forget, I... Um, I was laying on the sofa. So I came out of the bedroom and I just laid on the sofa. Like I apparently was just tired again or, you know, it's sad. It's just, I feel, you know, I feel kind of ashamed for saying it because that wasn't the most beneficial part of me, but I was trying to process. So I got to give myself space to do what I did. The only thing is I'll never forget. She said, okay, James, so here's the thing. I understand you're feeling like this. I understand you have a life and I understand I have a life and the boys have a life. You don't have to come out. You don't have to go out. But honey, our life has to keep going. So honey, I have to go shop groceries now. And honey, tonight we have some friends and I'll do whatever I can to get you set up and I'll go and I'll come back. I remember thinking, oh, okay. And she did those things and it felt okay to me for a while until that didn't work anymore. Happened at a Tony Robbins event, date with destiny. It was day four, day five, relationship day. And you know what? Typically there, you don't sleep for more than three, four, five hours a night at best because you're just going. 
I was in the room and I didn't sleep and I had done that for years. Of course, I'm exhausted. At least I think I am. I'm just finally probably aware that, of what it looks like to actually live life. But day five, I say it's relationship day. And uh, her and I are in separate groups. Like that's the way it was supposed to be. And she says, okay, honey, let's go. And I'm, I'm getting ready. I'm like, you know, this morning I'm in bed. I'm like, I actually just stay in bed. And she says to me these words, she says, not a problem. How can I set you up? She goes, you just do what you need to do. I'll be downstairs. But if, if it would mean a lot to me if you came, but you do what you want to do. So I said, okay, baby. She left the room. The door closed. And for a moment, I felt peace because I thought, oh, I get to just do my thing. But that lasted about this long. So I'll never forget the moment. I reached over and I grabbed, I was going for my melatonin. Again, overdose. Take like about 30 of them, 20 of them, whatever's in not me out. Just like oh, over, basically a lot. And I reached over and I thought, oh, I'd be able to go to sleep. I'd be able to check out. don't have to feel any of this. I'm like, but these words. She says, hey, listen, baby, if you like, you come down. It'd mean a lot to me if you did. And I'm like, oh, I'll close the curtains tighter, make it black in the room. So I got up and closed it tighter and I got back into bed, the comfortable blanket. Oh, it's going to be nice. I get to sleep. And then I'm like, but why wouldn't I just go down? Why wouldn't I just go try it? She said it mean a lot to her. I've been kind of like not doing much in life for a while. Why couldn't I do this for her? Why, why wouldn't I do it for me? Maybe am I getting kind of sick of this? And you know, what's interesting. She was so non-resistant. If she had been resistant, I probably wouldn't have gone down, but she wasn't resistant. And I got to see myself. And then I went down and I opened the door and Tony was doing an intervention in the, in the front of the room talking about, I didn't know what it was, but I learned very quickly what it was. I opened the door and I don't know if he noticed me as much as he's, you know, he moves around the room. Does he talks intervention here? And then he goes to the other part of the room and he keeps walking around and drawing different people. And then he, I opened the door and this is what I hear. Depression is the most selfish thing you can do in your life. And I'm walking down the aisle looking for my group and I'm like feeling like trying to make myself small. And he's walking directly towards me, not in the same aisle, but one over just looking at me and my, and it's, of course, you know how it feels. It feels like it's all about me. It's not. He's just talking to the whole group. (laughs) <laughs> but he just keeps going about depression, but depression. I'm going, dude, if you only knew the, the crap in my life and he keeps talking about the crap in people's lives and how they let that be the story of their life and how they let that be so significant and how their problem is bigger than anyone's problem and how it's all a big wine fest. Most of the time, not always. Sometimes there's clinical depression, but most frequently depression is something you do. I'm like, depression is something I do. I'm like, well, let's consider I was in the bedroom before I was going to about to do it. He goes, watch this, talks to the person. And he goes, get in a depressed state. So the person, he goes, I don't know how to do it. And he goes, well, just get in a sad place. And the guy gets in this really sad place. How, how do you feel? And the guy was like, I'm kind of depressed. And he does this over different people. And I'm sitting there observing. But to make a long story short, I hope I answer your question in the sense of two catalyst moments. Both of them involved my wife. But the key thing is my wife, who she was, allowed me to see myself. Not resistant, supporting but then moving from a level of support where I'm going to bring you a donut or a coffee to being like, hey, baby, I still got to go out. So I'm going to do my thing. I'll support you in your thing. But I have to keep living my life. And I start realizing, I think I'm missing out. We don't like to miss out. But if we have these supports around us going, no, we're not missing out at all. I got my wife, my kids. I can stay like this. I got a variety because I get to hear them. It's like, no, no, the house is quiet. There's nothing going on. They're gone. And I'm missing out. And so she's down on a date with destiny relationship thing. She goes, it means a lot to me. And I thought, oh, maybe I'm missing up. She's enjoying herself, but I'm missing up. So that's, there's a few other things, but, it, it, you know, in short, you know, I came through a lot of that. 
Oh, that's fantastic. Some of the things that she did, and it sounds like she did very intuitively, is that she um, helped you to recognize that it wasn't just about you. And as you're sharing your story, and I'm feeling some uh, echoes of my own, and feeling when I was struggling with depression, how I felt so much like this is about me. This is my problem. This is my issue. It's not bothering anybody else. I am doing such a good job at containing everything. And it was my husband who kind of helped me become aware, no, this is affecting me. This Mm -hmm. is affecting me. And then all of a sudden we have more responsibility because sometimes we think, you know what, if this is just me, this is my thing to deal with, everyone else should just leave me alone because it doesn't have anything to do with you. And when we realize, no, actually it is affecting the other people, particularly the people that we're closest to, the people that we live with, the people that we work with, the people we associate with, that it is damaging them, then we think, oh, then I guess I really do need to do something about this. And another thing that your wife did, and it sounds intuitively, is she helped to empower you. She wasn't trying to fix you and say, hey, you know, I I can solve all your problems, James. Just, you know, do what I say. Instead, it was, you know, hey, uh, I'm going to trust you. If you want to come, you know how to do it. It would mean a lot to me. You can come. And so by giving that, even the power of a single choice can feel when you're in a place of feeling so helpless and so just there to have someone trust you to make your own choice is, uh, it is empowering. It's wow. I, I can choose. I can choose when we're in that place and feel so helpless and so hopeless to be able to have some power to do something, to choose something is, is, uh, it helps climb out of that place. And so I'm glad that she was able to do that for you and that you were able to, um, start the climb and to pull out and to become, become who you were meant to be. So from that place of recognizing, uh, okay, I need to do something and I can do something. And those two things are absolutely critical in order for any kind of change. Um, then what kind of steps did you take? Because uh, you're not there now, right? No, 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 no. So that was over a decade ago. So, um, and listeners, you can probably relate with this. How, how often in life don't we all want relief? We want relief of the tensions that we think aren't beneficial. So we're still choosing which preferences of tension we want. Tension is life. You don't have tension, you don't have life. You don't have polarity, you don't have life. You got to have tension. You don't have, conflict is different. Tensions, you know, is helpful. Helpful tension is good, you know. Conflict is often combative. So seeking relief is step one, typically. And honestly, some people go to the bar. But at some point in time, we must go beyond relief seeking. We must be like, you know, God is a creator. He created us to create. Creation takes participation. But participation isn't like, God, I got this. (laughs) Participation is like, I get to co-create. The only thing is, when we begin to value that life is the good news, we get to be here, not in spite of everything, but because of everything. Why would God, some creator, whatever that is for you, why would this source of being or whatever that ends up being, 
what is it some sick trick just put us on this earth so we can be miserable for for like this time like what kind of loving presence is that i don't think so if we're put here we can decide if we're going to create a hellish existence or a heavenly one it is also an experience that we get to bring so many people they talk about they want to be more present right who doesn't and presence is everything unless you're present you're not picking up on anything you got to be present so when you're when you're present to things what doesn't just melt away and become possible? Like without willpower, who doesn't want to be right? So the second half of my journey, unshakable love with life. I kid you not. And it's not because everything is working my way. If anything, it's I now have harmonized with nature. I'm getting better at it. Say it this way. So when things come my way, I get to participate with it. They don't invite me like before to check out a life. They invite me to check in. And not from a participation, like, I got to figure it out. I got this, God. It's like, oh, I'm just going to, like, do the best I can. But it means that I that I activate my courage and do something. And know that I might get it wrong, because half the time we do. And when we get it wrong, we buy our wife a gift, and she doesn't love it. I got this little vestibule. I got a shelf. I have a bunch of gifts up there. You know, a man's gift, in my opinion, is to keep trying. Human, keep trying. And, you know, when she doesn't like something, where's the storm? It's not in the situation. The storm is in me that I feel like maybe I'm not good enough or whatever. So here's the thing. We keep trying. Guess what the good news is? We get to try not because we're trying to give ourselves worth. Like if I get her the right gift, then I'm worth something. Mm. We get to participate. We just get to be about the work. And like, yeah, you don't like it, baby? Oh, awesome. I can't keep all the receipts. <laughs> People at the stores know me. I'm the return guy. I bring, But I'm getting better returning less. But sometimes I get it totally wrong. <laughs> so, so it's kind of like listen nature the tree falls over lands next to the next tree that the tree beside it doesn't say why why didn't you land on my root it's just like okay water coming down the mountain that doesn't scream that a rock is there it just goes okay i get to pool here for a bit also he goes yeah i'll go around the rock or through the rock or over the rock or and the rock goes hey it's fun so i'm just looking at it going like this life is a bunch of stuff and i think if we finally let into life and, and trust. So what do we want to trust? We don't want to trust letting go. Think about it. You're like swaying over this river on this like vine. And you're slipping. And people think about this. Where are you hanging on? Hanging on? Hanging on? You're like, I'm going to fall. I'm going to, oh, I can't lose my job. Oh, my kids. Oh, and you're hanging on, hanging on. And it's like, just let go. Let go of the rope and see what's going to happen. Because you know what's going to happen if you fall? You're going to feel like this is the worst, but you but you let go. So now you're in free fall. But, the, but, but that rope is hanging over the water. Guess what water will do? If you relax anyway, you're going to bop to the top. You get to float on the back, lazy river. What I'm saying is, and even if there's some currents, that splash your way and get water up your nose. So when you take that into consideration, when you start being, life is interesting, hey? Instead of being, it's the worst news, we become proficient at changing news into bad news everywhere because we have these personal preferences that say unless they align with how we want, it's not working. It's not. See, this is not the good news. If God is real, then he wouldn't let this happen. Oh, really? That, that That's the news. Don't change the facts. I lost my job. Good. I feel like I lost. Good. I feel like I won. Good. Well, what next? What now? So one thing when you say good... It almost sounds a little bit like at the beginning when you said that you're not allowed to feel. I think we're allowed to feel the sad 
we're allowed to feel the disappointment. We're allowed to feel the whatever it is that, that fits, but we shouldn't stay there. We should allow ourselves to feel it, move through it, and then move on. Um, I, I can't say if I lost my job that my reaction would be good. Right. And that's a very good point you make, Linda. I love that. That um, we should have a positive attitude and all of that kind of stuff. And when, when you look back at it after, you know, a, a, I don't know how long it'll take, days, weeks, maybe even years, you might say, oh my gosh, that was the best thing that ever happened to me because I lost this job, then this opportunity, and I did that. And I was so much happier and everything worked out so much better. But I think at the moment, if something bad happens, we don't have to say, oh, well, I need to automatically be, you know, all happy. No. I can be, I, wow, that hurt. That was disappointing. I felt rejected. I felt discouraged. Okay. And then work through that and accept it and move on. I don't think we have to stay there and live there. And I think no. if you get good at it, like you're describing, where you really can say, wow, what an adventure. What's next? Um, that's awesome. But I think some compassion and that we're, we're allowed to feel, like you said at the beginning, we are allowed to feel. Yeah, and, that's, and, and I love what you said there, because when you say some compassion, you see, and I, I just skipped a, a phase, so I'm glad you brought this up, because the idea is never to do positive thinking hyperbole. Earlier, what I was talking about is keep the facts intact. Accept reality. Reality is evidence. Instead of taking evidence and turning evidence into bad news, a tree fell, the tree beside it doesn't complain. It, can, it feels, though, I might feel sad. The root got a little pressure. You know, the whole trunk just fell into its primary root. Here's the thing about feelings that I've discovered. It's an arrow. It points you to proper and ready you for next proper action. Anger. Be angry, but so not. It doesn't say don't be angry. Angry is a helpful emotion. Why? Because anger sits right next to sadness. But if you get stuck in it, it creates bitterness. It can, it can create all kinds of unhelpful. Right. Just like getting stuck in goodness. For so when sure. I say it's good, what I mean to say is we become so proficient of changing news into bad news. And instead, let it be the good news. Let it show you so we don't be ashamed. We let it all belong. Meaning when we show up, we don't, we don't condemn ourselves, but we go, oh, that's what's in there? Oh, do I want that for the future? Maybe not anymore. Perhaps I'll be a little more aware. Now, I noticed on your website, you talked about man's life simplified. What, what does that mean? How have you simplified? A man's life simplified to me looks a bit like there are things at the base infrastructure of all of our life that controls our life. You find the master switch. You find the master switch. So find a guide. Find someone. doesn't need to be me, but find someone, a guide, somebody who you trust. Find somebody who doesn't have all the answers because that's what you want is you want another person who finds strength in both the knowing and the I don't know because that's fully human. You find anybody who has all the answers, you might want to run. <laughs> okay, But find somebody who can properly debate the tensions of life and make find your strengths. It's so easy to find weakness. It's everywhere. People are like, well, let me poke at this. It takes no courage to, to find weakness. It's always available. So man's life simplified looks a little bit like this. Yeah, you can read a bunch of books on how to have peace. That's all fine. You can try to conquer it. 
But ask yourself the question. If ever you don't make safe something and you don't allow it to belong inside of you, if you cannot hold depression, if you say I conquered it, you're never going to be able to utilize it. You can never, ever let your pain or suffering serve a purpose. And we all have back to threshold. We all have the ability from day one when we were born, we're all born. We're all born from a source of love. We're all made in a certain way. We know where we where we come from. We all do things for the same reason, for receive more love and give more love. That's what we do everything for. We're all the same. At the end of the day, we all want to come home. And the home is where we've always been. And the home is to finally embrace and onboard that we're not crazy people. But that we have a belonging here. What is happening has a belonging now. And it is happening exactly when it needs to happen. I'll share a little story. I drove my boy, high-functioning autistic, to school a little while ago. And I looked over my mirror and I said, Harrison, what are you looking forward to today? Rowan is sitting beside me in the passenger seat up front. Rowan's 17, Harrison's 15. Me and Rowan were chirping about stuff. I noticed Harrison was just contemplating things. It was kind of quiet, often that way. Uh, when, when you get him going, he really starts going. But anyway, I, I could tell today's energy was a little off. And I said, Harrison, you know, the question normally is, what are you looking forward to? But I said, you know, it looks, it looks like you're kind of concerned. I get it. I get it, I said. Me too. And I meant it. I said, Harrison, what's, gonna, what's today going to be about for you? And he said, Dad, you're right. It's not a good day. But he said, Dad, you know what? I've realized something about life. I said, oh, what is it? He said, Dad, I only have to do one thing today. It's pretty simple. So what is that, son? Because, Dad, I've realized all I have to do is participate with whatever they give me, whatever is in front of me, and I'm okay. Not reject it, not resist it, participate with it. Man's life simplified. We get to participate. What kind of privilege is that? We get to. And not because we're so afraid if we do the wrong thing. Winning and losing, if that's how you feel, that's natural. There's something in the middle, and that's Harrison's middle name, it's gray. Black and white, right or wrong, good, bad. How about it just is? And the good news is that it is. And it's our job as humans to live well, to be grateful. Thank you, James. Is there anything you want to make sure you cover before we close today? Awesome. Thanks for asking. So firstly, they can go to my website, www.jameshepner.com. So it's J-A-M-E-S-H-E-P-P-N-E-R.com. And so for those of you, and some of you, I'll be a select few probably because there always are, but if you feel a really strong nudge that you want to have a direct conversation with me about what one-on-one coaching would look like, um, just go and connect with me there and uh, and reach out to me. And we can have a little discovery call and see if it's a good fit. Secondly, I like to be generous to, to each and every one of you, and that is just offer you a free gift. And that is every week on Friday, no charge, community call, and it's called the Weekly Wins and Losses Call. What do we do there? Well, it's a version of what we do when we do one-on-one coaching, and that is to acclimate yourself with what life typically feels like and that is to be real to see the evidence and speak evidence where did you feel like you won during the weekend where did you feel like you lost 
And it's just an amazing experience to uh, observe others. And if you share, if you choose to share, you can share your own weekly win and loss. And uh, just ending the week by speaking. And often when we speak, then the uh, spike protein, so the sting of the loss goes away. And who doesn't want the sting of the loss to go away? We just want to be with it, the gray of our life, just to be with it. And so, again, we don't change the facts. We let them be as we are. It's a beautiful community. I invite each one of you for that. Simply go to weeklywinsandlosses.com. So just type it in as it sounds, weeklywinsandlosses.com, and then scroll down the page and just say, um, there's a little link that says, yeah, I want to be on the next call. So you'll get a little Zoom link, and then we will see you there. So it was wonderful. Thank you, Linda, for hosting such a great show. Thank you. Oh, thank you. What a wonderful resource. Thanks for sharing. And thanks for visiting with me today. In closing, I'd like to share a quote by Confucius. He said, Life is really simple, but we insist on making it complicated. Today, I invite you to experience more joy in your life by simplifying. See you next time on Linda's Corner. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Linda's Corner, please share and subscribe to help us reach new listeners. I also invite you to check out my nonprofit, Hope for Healing, at the website hopeforhealingfoundation.org for free ebooks and other free resources to help increase happiness, build confidence and self esteem, strengthen relationships, manage stress, and calm feelings of depression and anxiety. I also invite you to grab a copy of one of my books, like Crushed A Journey Through Depression, or Amazon bestseller You Got This, an action plan to calm fear, anxiety, worry, and stress. See you next time on Linda's Corner.